If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Oh, there we are. Wait for some chat acknowledgement. Ooh, I had an ad for Star Wars soap. That's exciting. It's like, like Star Wars must, soap. I feel like that must have existed before now. That feels like it had to have existed in the 80s, and now they're like, well, let's just make it again. Yeah. Remember when they used to make, like, themed bubble bath? Yeah, whatever happened to that? I guess we live in a more cynical age. Where we don't want to bathe in the in the fragrance of our favorite Saturday morning cartoons? I guess not, unless it can be a lifestyle thing that we can show off on TikTok or Instagram. Did we pivot this episode to, like, what game would we most want to bathe in? Well, thanks for the, thanks for the link there. Yes, <laughs> welcome to Slide of Something Else. I'm Yahtzee Croshaw. I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Hey, everybody. And we're talking about... In broad terms, virtual tourism, mm-hmm. or video games we'd like to live in. And what brought this on, Marty? Uh, I think a little bit of it came from uh, both of us are playing uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, and yes. a preview embargo went up a few days ago, so we're able to sort of talk about the opening and the setting and everything. Um, and I was I was really impressed by its sense of, uh, you even said the exact phrase, its sense of place. I think it's, mm. despite the fact that it takes place in sort of a, uh, after an apocalyptic event where where everyone you know suddenly vanishes in in a kind of ghostly reckoning, uh, isn't that the, the best way to experience a real world city once everyone's it, fucked up? I mean, that's I in my preview article I compared it to like if you've ever had a chance to go to a theme park after after it closes and everyone's gone but there's still life to the place. Um, so it's depiction of of Tokyo and the different neighborhoods and everything and and wandering around the little shops and shrines and malls. Um, it was like it was one of those it really made me miss traveling especially in the past couple of years and maybe miss tokyo in particular and so i was sort of like hmm what other what other games have have settings that i that like can act as a form of tourism in a time where you know travel is is slightly less advised i was trying to remember a word that seems to come up in like youtube horror videos a lot and it was liminal spaces Okay. A liminal space is a space that feels like it's in between places. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a, as you say, a city where in three in the morning where no one's there. A, a school after hours when everything's done. Yeah, a yeah. Sort of the sense you get of a place where it feels like it's waiting for something to happen. I that's think that's, uh, I think that's, that's an that's interesting goes, way to put it. I think that's what goes to apples off pretty well. The liminal space thing. Mm-hmm. But yes, I yeah, mean, this it, is it, a... it... sorry. Go, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no I was gonna say it feels slightly. Uh, it, it it feels there's like equal parts realism and then equal parts like dreamlike surrealism, which um, I, I think is is pretty neat. Certainly gives you a little time to be in your own head mm-hmm. when you're out somewhere at three in the morning. But this is certainly a good time for video games to do a virtual tourism kind of thing, since we can now realize the huge, extraordinary open worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, I, I feel like there's almost the, the, the different kinds. There's like games that can 
kind of uh, adequately replicate a real life place, which like I feel like this to some degree does in Tokyo, like the little, you know, the bodegas feel like the 7-Elevens and in, in, in the Lawsons in uh, Tokyo. Um, or you can create a completely fantastical place. And so I, I feel like those are almost two kind of separate conversations. Like, are there are there specific games that you think do a great job of uh, depicting a real life location? Um, well, I think I said to you before that playing Ghostwire Tokyo made me think of playing Zombie U mm -hmm. because they play very similarly. And also Zombie U was set in London and very That's right. overt about that fact. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gave me that sort of opening sequence of 28 Days Later sort of feel where you're in a familiar mm -hmm. place, but everything's empty and haunting but um i'll tell you a weird example um what was it called uh, the good life so oh, yeah. very latest game uh -huh. which had its issues of course but um did a really good job of sort of realizing the feel of being in a rural english town i think swery swery's i know he did this for deadly premonition but swery's team actually went to like a real life small town in america took a lot of reference pictures and I can only mm -hmm. assume they did the same thing with a small rural British town for the good life. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it's it's funny because it feels like uh, you can tell when something like is able to capture the heart of a place as opposed mm -hmm. to just like capturing the sort of the facade of it. Um, you know, I feel like uh, a game like Watch Dogs 2, which was set in uh, San Francisco, you know, yes, the Bay Area, right. both of us very familiar with it. Yes, um, in fact, while I was playing Watch Dogs 2, I made a specific point of going to a part in the game world that was the equivalent of the place where I lived at the time, mm -hmm. and was, which was on the west coast of Berkeley. And I was very disappointed to find Bugger All there. Yeah, it uh, that game's depiction felt very... Um, well, let's just nail the landmarks and move on from there. And so it's like, oh, we got yeah. to go on the gay bridge and we've got, uh, you know, the trolley cars and we've got Lombard Street, um, yeah, but we don't have to really like get a feel for what it's like there. There's a lot of subtleties to creating a sense of place. It's not just being mm -hmm. spectacular, because I can think of a lot of games that do the spectacular open world thing, but where it just goes in your senses and straight out again. I think a lot of Ubisoft open worlds create that effect. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's hard to talk about this topic without bringing up uh, Ubisoft in one way or another. Um, because, well, they're like, going like the guys churning out open worlds every bloody year. They have they get yeah. to be the center of this conversation. Like yeah, yeah. And so many of them uh, hinge on a real place, you know, with uh, Assassin's Creed sort of. It, well, it, Assassin's Creed was interesting because it feels like in, in like the halfway point of the series, they were striving for like, quote unquote, realism, you know, when they were saying like, oh, we've accurately modeled the Notre Dame Cathedral for Assassin's Creed Unity. And, oh, there's a mode in Origins where you can explore the pyramids without any combat and like learn about ancient Egypt. And I, um, barely, whereas, I barely remember climbing all over Notre Dame. I did climb all over Notre Dame, but mm -hmm. I guess all I really remember is going from one objective market to the next. Yeah, they. Uh, one interesting thing about that is they took apparently such detailed like three D renderings as that, but they and they helped the Parisian government after the Notre Dame fire. Yeah, like they were able to help recreate some of it. Yeah, that's cool. Didn't make yeah. the game any better, but that's cool. No, no, definitely. <laughs> it's like at least one positive thing came from the game. That's good. So, how does one create that that really uh, engaging sense of place? Because I'm thinking about the games that gave that sort of feeling to me and funnily enough the game in the thumbnail springs to mind zelda wind waker 
I always yeah. loved the, the just the experience of exploring the ocean. It's a relatively like shallowly populated world. It's mostly just mm -hmm. open sea with a couple of small islands floating in it. But the way they unfold that game, where you go to your next like island that you have to go to, and it appears on the horizon, and there's that epic music, and the waves are going up and down as you as you sail towards it, and it gets closer and closer, and detail fills in, and you land up on the beach, and uh, it all sort of unfolds as you as you play. Yeah, it's funny because when I was I was thinking of uh, you know Zelda is one of my favorite series, and I was like, which one of these worlds was I what I like to visit? And it's like, well, a lot of these are like kind of apocalyptic, and I kind of want to go to the Twilight Princess, which is just dark and sad, and I uh, Breath of the Wild is too much climbing. Like I can't handle that much climbing. I don't have the upper body strength for that. Uh, but like Wind Waker, I think does such a good job of that kind of call to adventure because it starts you off as a as a kid on your little home island, and it lets you get your you know no pun intended sea legs before actually having its call to adventure and you, you know, feeling the wind rush through your hair and, and everything. And I think part of it is the presentation. Um, yeah, I think not splattering everything at the player at once helps. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem with Ubisoft Open Worlds. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I once said to Jack that my ideal uh, pacing for a game like that would be one where the game unfolds like a piece of paper. Like it starts out really small and all folded up. You unfold uh -huh. it once. So and you like experience a small space, unfold it again, and see like twice as much space, unfold again and again and again. So you got time to digest it, I suppose. Yeah, as opposed to I feel like a lot of open world games just toss you in the deep end, and you're immediately like you know after the tutorial of something like Skyrim or even the most recent Horizon game, you're just mm -hmm. tossed into this massive world and being like, all right, go do whatever you want, and it feels um, it feels overwhelming at least to me. I think the opening of Elden Ring uh, did this pretty well, where you where you first see the open world, mm -hmm. where you go, you emerge from the tomb and open the come up in the lift and open the doors and then bam, world everywhere, big golden tree in the background. I guess at that after that point, it's felt a little bit overwhelming, like what we're talking about. But the initial, like you know, ta-da moment was pretty well mm -hmm. pulled off. I thought. And it also, like, without going into Elden Ring spoilers, it every time you think you know the boundaries of the world, the world seems to get bigger. Um, mm. Like, you have those sort of, like, oh, my God, this place is bigger than I thought it was moment several times in the game. Um, and uh, so maybe it's, like, the idea of delivering it piecemeal to you and not just being like, all right, click the map button, look how big it is. Yeah, when, when you start, like, down on the ground, uh, you can get a sense for the identity of the place so you can meet the characters you can explore the fine details mm -hmm. and uh, imagine that sort of copy pasted out into the vast of world i think like ghostwire tokyo is very very tightly detailed yakuza games as well do this very well yeah so Where, is that a depth is that a depth thing is like instead of going broad they go deep well they can sense? go well they can go deep because the uh, open world's a lot smaller I guess that yeah. is a lot more densely packed. But just from like going into a convenience store and seeing all the little things you can buy. Yeah. I mean, have you ever like traveled abroad and the moments that stick with you when you go into like a like a familiar setting, like a convenience store or a McDonald's and all the items are different? All the little yeah. things just really get to you for some reason? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it, part of it is like you said, it's, it's – uh, 
you know, one foot in the familiar and one foot in the unfamiliar, which yeah. which makes it more kind of manageable to digest. Yeah. So if there's like like a grounding in the things you're familiar with, and it's not just spectacular, completely alien landscape mm -hmm. thrown at you all in one go. Yeah, it's 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 funny how Japanese devs. I think uh, like w w when we thought of this topic, several of the games that came to mind were Japanese devs portraying Japan. You know, whether it was uh, mm. like Persona 4's uh, Inaba, which has like I think one of my favorite like small town feels. You mentioned the Good Life earlier. I think Inaba like is such a cool small town setting, and you can almost feel like the heat of summer in that place, mm. and you can hear like the hum of cicadas. Um, Yakuza games, you know, do that perfectly with with you know, taking a relatively small neighborhood or, or couple blocks and really making it feel alive by, by you know, adding character to every building and every establishment you can go into. I always thought it was a bit weird how Japanese contemporary games always like really push Japanese culture. I always wonder how Japanese <laughs> people feel about it. Like I was writing about this in my Ghost by Tokyo review, like when the games with the item descriptions is saying this is a traditional item used in Japanese festivals. So they think, yeah, mm -hmm. I know. That's like, yeah. that's where we live. That's like yeah. common knowledge. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're playing, it's, it's like you're playing an American game when it's saying, this is a Big Mac. A Big Mac is a patty placed between yeah. two, <laughs> two burger buns and usually served in the popular restaurant McDonald's. It's like, well, no. Yeah. yeah. It's Are there any, I'm trying to think of like portrayals of America that I'm like, you know, really fond of there again. There's like the Japanese portrayals of America. Like I, I like the like kitschiness of Earthbound, of like how it presents. You know, the, the small towns of like Annette and Tucson, and then the big sort of metropolitan area and Foreside and the beach towns like Summers. Um, but it feels like a view of America skewed. I can't think of uh, any like country in the world that does the same sort of thing as like Japanese games do. I can't think of any like. American games that really push, like Americana in a specific place. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's just because because my bias because uh, uh, Japan is like a completely foreign culture to me, so ev every sure. difference really stands out, and everything in it is like what hey, they they consider normal. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, that is a I, yeah, like the idea of taking even something like Ghostwire, and if you would set it in. Chicago or New York City, and you'd go into like corner stores and be like, like, oh, I could buy Snicker bars and I can buy, like you said, yeah. Big Macs. Like it, there, there's nothing exciting about that. Whereas, I don't know, I guess to to a lot of us gaijin, like uh, uh, Japan kind of has a, a, a magical quality to it. Well, I was talking about this in my Persona Five Strikers review, which is. Very big on the Japan, like the virtual tourism thing. You go yeah, from lots of different Japanese cities and experience the cuisine, and they mm -hmm. make a big thing of it every time. Saying, "Hooray, we're in place! It's famous for such and such meal. We'd better eat some." Mm -hmm. And people were saying, "Like this is like part of the, like the Japanese uh, cultural attitude because each like part of Japan has its own sort of distinct culture, and it's and they like sort of selling different." parts of the country to each other yeah yeah Appar apparently maybe. Or, or maybe it's just the devs uh, doing what they know you know like uh you know write about what you know uh, create what you know set your things and what you know um 
Because our like games, I don't know. As much as I like, uh, some of the chat mentioned Spider Man. As much as I like swinging around New York in Spider Man, I don't feel like it really captures the spirit of New York at all. Like there's the buildings and the landmarks and everything, but um, well, you can go down to a convenience store and the dude has a cat. He does have a cat, and you can stroke the cat. That feels like. Listen, I love petting animals in games. Um, but it feels like a cheat code now that everyone's like, oh, we could have a pettable animal and everyone yeah. will like warm up a little bit to us. Like Ghost like of Tsushima you, had it. And, it's like everyone yeah. expects it now. If there's if yeah. you a dog in your game, if you don't have like a contextual pet button, people complain. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah, like, plenty of dogs and cats to pet and even little, little tanukis in, um, in Ghostwire Tokyo, which is nice. I feel like grappling hooks are sort of doing the same yeah. thing. People are starting to expect it. They better not mix the two of those because I don't want to like grapple and then suddenly like pull a dog towards me. I'd feel bad. Well, in Spider-Man Miles Morales, you could swing around the city with a cat in your bag. That is true. I did like that. That was very cute. I did kind of feel bad for that cat, though. I don't, I don't feel like it. Ah, uh, uh, he was into it. He was. <laughs> he was Spider-Man the cat. He was exactly, exactly. Um, and then there. Uh, well, when I was also thinking about these settings, there's places uh, like player-created places. Um, that, that have those kind of vibes, like Animal Crossing Islands or uh, mm. Stardew Valley. Mm. And I feel like if, if you're able to, if people are able to sort of author their place, then yeah, they... Yeah, definitely in Stardew Valley. It's only mm -hmm. get an attachment to the, your own spin on your farm. Yeah. The last time I yeah. played it, I ended up running a, like a, a winery. I didn't yeah. know you could do that. It's incredible. Like for a while, I was doing the usual thing where you just get to do a little bit of everything. You plant some crops, you get some pigs, you get some sheep, you get some cows, just go through the upgrade tree. But then once you're at the point where you've done everything, you start to think, well, what do I actually want to do? So I just <laughs> converted the whole farm into a winery, grew a whole load of di different fruit trees and had a shed full of barrels to, for aging the fruit in. That's which incredible. Turns, which it. turns it into wine. And, every, and like, wine's a pretty good all-purpose gift because the I guess everyone in town's big old fucking alky. <laughs> I feel like that's like normal small town life. Yeah, yeah. bunch of booze hounds. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. I like yeah. that it's able to. I like that it that it allows you to sort of have that kind of freedom. Um, Animal Crossing needs more uh, uh, fermentation. Perhaps a sense of place can also come from a sense of purpose. Well, how do you feel about Ooh. games where the advertise things like Oblivion and Skyrim, where they advertise that the NPCs all follow their own schedules when you're not looking at them? Yeah, um, most of the time, I just kind of think that's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I tend I, to I, agree. I mean, if you're not looking at them, what's the point, right? Yeah, it, and I feel like it only really comes into play um, in. So at least the ones that come to my mind are kind of like time loop games, like Majora's Mask. Mm. Characters run on a schedule, but that's to solve those character puzzles to know that, oh, the mailman's going to be here the sec on the morning of the second day, or, oh, I can help save uh, the Romani Ranch from the UFOs if I go there the first night and then the second night again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I usually kind of just roll my... It's like uh, when someone says how big their map is or how many NPCs they have or how big their script is, I'm kind of just like, well, it's... It's just a number. It doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. So I've established it's more about depth. Yeah. I was watching a YouTube video that compared the relative sizes of video game maps. Mm -hmm. And I think what ends up being like the biggest one, unless you count like Elite Dangerous and shit like that, was um, I think the two biggest ones were both pretty old games. They had the Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. 
Okay. Which is absolutely massive. And they had, I think it was Asheron's Call. Oh, interesting. An old MMO. Yeah. This apparently yeah. had like the biggest game maps uh, in history. Like, like uh, if you imagine like San Andreas's map, which everyone mm-hmm. made a big fuss about when it came out because it was so huge. It, it's like 20 times that. But it's, there's but there's just not much in there. Yeah, I was gonna say that was of an era where people kind of didn't expect density and may have just been wowed by like, oh my god, I can walk for thirty five minutes in this direction and not see anything. Mm. Whereas now, if I get that in a game, I'd kind of be angry. Yeah, I suppose it's all um, been a bit demystified these days. The whole open world thing. Yeah. So are maybe we, like in are that, we, are we so cynical? Perhaps we should relearn being really wowed by enormous spaces again. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe that's on us. Um, but I feel like the 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 older I get, or the I don't know, the more time that passes in in my game playing life, um, it is the sort of smaller, deeper things that that leave a more lasting impression, like the. Um, the the galaxy or the universe or whatever in uh uh outer wilds which is like you know it it does a really good job of making it seem really big when it only takes you know 30 seconds to fly in between planets and stuff and you know the planets aren't very big at all but it uh i feel like it almost it has like a kind of like pocket diorama feel to it in the same way that like a short hike did um and even like eco to an extent where it kind of plays with the concept of of scale and size in, in a way that that feels very manageable. Hmm. So, in other words, it's all in the little details, the little experiences. Yeah, I think so. And 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 when I think of some of the games, like places I'd want to visit, it's almost like mm, quiet moments in those games, like uh, Outer Wilds. Whenever you find uh, uh, one of the one of the other cosmonauts, who's you know they're all strumming along to the same song, you can sit by the campfire and roast marshmallows with them, mm-hmm. and you know that the world, the, you know the the universe is going to end in in twenty minutes or whatever. But it's a nice little moment. And then same thing with Eco. Like I don't want to go to a place where there's like fucking ghosts attacking me, but. Every once in a while, you find a save bench, and and you and the princess sit on a bench and just, like, admire the view, and that seems really nice. You know, I think the fact that you can just sit down and do something small, like sit on a bench, works really well in a game that's got a huge world outside of that, because you get this real (laughs) sense of juxtaposition, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. At any moment, in the Outer Wilds, you're sitting by the campfire, thinking at any moment, I could just hop in my spaceship and fly to the other side of the galaxy. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe I'd come back here and uh, this wouldn't be here anymore because it'd be blown up. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, we this is the moment we are in. Yeah. And it, it almost, I guess, taps into the same thing. Like if you go on a, uh, you know, on a hike, on a trail, and, and they'll have the sort of the viewpoints or like specific nodes along the way to where, oh, you can take a rest here and we have a bench set up because it's a really nice view. And you can see, you know, I like it in games where I go on a big journey and then I can look back and see where I started and be like, holy moly, look at all this progress I made. I think that's, uh, I always think that's a really neat thing. Because hmm. I've played games that try to artificially do that. I remember playing Dying Light 2 and mm-hmm. uh, I just ran into like a campfire on a rooftop with some people sitting around and there was just an icon over it that I think was like a book or something. 
and uh, basically says, hey, do you want to sit by the campfire and listen to people talk and listen to someone playing music? And I was like, not really. <laughs> not really. I got shit to do, frankly. <laughs> I suppose it, there was a sort of artificiality to it. It felt like it had been copy-pasted. Yeah. from, like, some random elements. <sighs> Yeah, it almost feels like those moments are a thing that a game has to earn. Um, like, I really liked those quiet campfire moments in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, there were there were scenes where they almost played out like a, like a kind of like you were part of an interactive play where, all right, everyone, after a big heist, everyone went back to the campfire and had a little party, and you had, like, 15 minutes before the sun rose that you could wander around and you could sort of enter people's stories or exit them and like they were occurring whether you were there or not so like you wouldn't be able to see everything just by virtue of you can't be everywhere at the campsite all at once so you might enter someone's story and they're throwing up and you don't know why but if you would have came in earlier you would have seen that they were just drinking way too much or you know you you enter a couple fighting and you don't know why but if you got there early enough you could have saw what the argument stemmed from and yeah I, I, that's a I am suddenly inspired because I've been working on Starstruck Vagabond, which uh, creates like a procedural universe for like exploring and trading and doing like odd jobs in. And I was worried mm -hmm. it was all getting a bit samey. And I was planning to do sort of like a unlockable documents thing where you like, tell a sort of story in the background where you could find like uh, little documents and messages and stuff on like random mm -hmm. derelicts and stuff that filled out a story. But suddenly I realized what I should do instead. I should have like unique bits of scenery dotted throughout the universe that you just happen upon. I love it. That are, that are weird and interesting and unique in their own ways, and there's a little mm -hmm. story attached to each one. I love it. That's what it needs to be. There needs to be a sightseeing element. Yeah, and I feel like that is a lot more... I feel like those kind of things are, are more impactful than a document. Um, yeah. Like, I think it, it takes, like, a real something really special to sort of wow me now in a video game in document form or in like a little collectible form. But if it's like a little moment that I can experience and, and oh. take a seat and soak it all in, I think that's going to, that would stick with me more. Maybe I should enlist an artist one of these days. Just <laughs> draw something that makes you go, ooh. Yeah. I don't think I could draw something that makes people, someone go, ooh. I ooh, feel yeah. my artistic skill. It's, it's tough. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever drawn anything that makes anyone go, ooh. Well, I've made people go, ooh, just not with drawings. No. Uh, I thought you were going to, like, change the cadence of you, of ooh to you. And I'm like, well, that's not, that's a different thing. Well, on that note, perhaps we should go <laughs> to Super Chats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let us know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious uh, what kind of places and games uh, uh, the folks in the chat want to visit. Okay, chat, this is the bit where we read out your Super Chats. So get them in. Money, money, we money. Always, we always appreciate them, Super Chats, and we have to read out whatever you write. So, <laughs> although we don't have to obey commands that you issue, people have been confused no. on that in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so don't try to embarrass us, because we'll just turn it back around on you. We're used to that sort of shit. Okay. Andrew Hickenbottom gives five British pounds and says, first place that comes to mind for me is the city in Mirror's Edge Catalyst. So shiny, beautiful, and utopian. I don't care if it's oppressive and corrupt. I wonder who does the cleaning in the Mirror's Edge universe. Oh my god, that would be... You can imagine how many fingerprints are on the glass, too. Because they're like that would, obviously doing a very good job. But, yeah. But, um, 
Maybe they've got some sort of like nanotech cloud they just unleash across the city and it just polishes everything up. Yeah, well, sounds I feel like, like if backs, Sounds like that could backfire very easily, though. Yeah, the cloud that just ends up like squirting uh, a cleaning agent into people's lungs. Yeah, I feel like, like that could, could... That sort of thing would be could be very easily reprogrammed into a Grey Goo scenario. Yeah, into a Grey Goo scenario. Yeah, I was thinking of... Uh, Mirror's Edge brings up a good point of like specific places that I'd have like a morbid curiosity to visit to where like the world seems like... like I'd, I'd want to go to Aperture Science and see if I could escape some of those rooms. Hmm. Like... I, I don't. I don't want to be Gladys's prisoner, but like I, I enjoy a good escape room. I feel like I, I could sort of, I could make my way out of a couple of those chambers before I die. I tell you what, Mirror's Edge City reminds me of. It reminds me of those concept cities built by like dictators in the Middle East. Mm. Of just sort of like this shining ivory palace in yeah. the middle of the desert that has absolutely yeah, just no Dubai. function and nobody lives there. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone says a city of the future, I'm like, well, that's never going to go well. Yeah. Well, anyway, Math Demigod gives 10 US dollars and says, I am the very model of a modern major general. I have information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. Well, uh, thanks for letting us know, Math Demigod. Also, incredible use of the 200 character limit. I know you, uh, you had to, like, take away a couple spaces, but... You sound very qualified for a lot of things. A bit vainglorious, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you do you. Uh, Anagram uh, user. Oh, Sorry, after you. Oh, no, I just uh, said I saw Dr. Watson at this point. Dr. Watson 90, welcome to bonus content. Ooh. That was just, that was it. So I'll just, I'll just jump in when I see one of those messages that don't pop up for you. Please do. Mm -hmm. uh, Anagram user gives five US dollars to say, ever try Life is Strange 2? Interesting twist where your character doesn't have a superpower and has to monitor your brother's trust stroke morality pendulum. No, I never played that one. It's funny. I, that's the only one I haven't played. I played one, I played Before the Storm, and I played True Colors last year, but I never, I never played two. I played the first Life is Strange and I was like, I don't really like any of these people and they're all speaking in this weird young person dialect that's kind of over my head. Yeah, um, yeah. The the first one I think suffered from that problem. Where I think it was a French developer, and it was like a, a, a bunch of French dudes trying to sound like uh, American teenage girls, which yeah. um, I think can can often be a problem. But I think they've. The, the, I think those games have kind of got better as they went on. Like I really liked. Did you play True Colors last year? No, I don't have things to play. I'm afraid. Yeah, I came out at a pretty busy time i think it came out right at the start of or the fall but uh that had a really nice setting that place was so i, I can't remember exactly where it was kind of like the pacific northwest but that, that's a place i'd want to hang out well there you go <coughs> pixel arsen gives five dollars and says long time listener first time donor thanks to you both and all of the escapists for consistently great content one of my favorite places online you're welcome, oh, Pixel Arsene. You are very welcome. Oh my god, and a double. This is a double message. He's got another one coming another right up. Another one from Pixel Arsene with $10 saying, Regarding great gaming worlds to get lost in, I'm partial to Hollow Nest from Hollow Knight, especially Green Path. I like turning my brain off and just wandering about. Yeah, well, I, I would. Speaking of uh, creating a sense of place from having to, of not splattering it all at once at you. And letting it unfold naturally. Yeah, absolutely. The Hollow Knight does that pretty effectively with its map mechanic, where you don't get the map straight away. You have to go looking for it. 
Yeah, you have to find the the guy in, in each area. He's like generally kind of hidden, but you can kind of hear him like scribbling away if you're playing with sound. And so, um, yeah. and that's another that's an example of one of those things where like that world seems awful. Like it's just a bunch of bugs, which mm. doesn't sound great. But like there is a beauty to it in the same way. Like I think Majula in Dark Souls Two, the hub world is like really beautiful. But I don't want to be in that world. But I think that place looks really neat. And like I don't know, like there's. Like the horror of like, could you imagine like being in? I want to be in the Katamari Damacy world. If I have to die, I want to die, I want to die being rolled up and then turned into a celestial object. That with seems a, nice with a bunch of Lego people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I guess uh, the pro problem with the Ubisoft uh, style is just that they give you the whole map. You can just put an icon on it and then just blindly go where the objective marker tells you to go, and you're not really looking at the world. You're looking at the icons. And, yeah, uh, someone someone was just you, describing them as map games. Like they're not open yeah. world games; they're just map games. And when you take all those gooey elements away and give the player a chance to actually explore the space, like in Majula and stuff, then you get a mm -hmm. much better sense of that place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, literally, Satan gives Cyberdish pounds and says, "I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone wasn't Henry." Well, that sounds unlikely, literally, Satan. I think you might be a little suspicious of that widow's motives. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought this and the uh, modern major general were the same person, but nope. No, people different. are trying to get me to sing, and I ain't biting. <laughs> Michael gives $5 and says, I'd want to live in The Sims for the fantasy of affordable housing. <laughs> LOL. Also, Breath of the Wild like to explore the... Ex also, Breath of the Wild like to explore and adventure. Also, keep up the good work. Yeah, there's... Yeah, The Sims sort of tap into that same... Uh, like we were talking about uh, Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, where you have an authorship mm -hmm. over the place. Um, but it also has like the terrifying logic of if someone removes the ladder from your swimming pool, you're going to drown because you don't know how to get out. So yeah. that wouldn't be good. There's a coziness to The Sims and that it creates a mm -hmm. world, but it follows strict rules. If you have... If you meet this person and talk enough, then you will become in love. And then you become married and then a baby happens. Mm -hmm. It's the old dollhouse thing. Yeah, absolutely. Stony gives 10 US dollars and says, This message is being sent through a time portal that I invented for the sole purpose of sending a super chat during the live stream. Please consider selling chats to be read on the following episode. No. Could you could you imagine if Stony actually invented time travel and this is what he used it for? Like that would be so depressing. Well, I guess you got to test it out somehow. Test you, it. you can't just like you... start with killing baby Hitler. Well, exactly. If you're going to test it out, you want to do something small. Yeah. It's like um, adding <laughs> like a beep function to uh, some code to try and figure out where the error is. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Scavenger gives five dollars and says, "For me, the initial worry about being in a game is whether the plot's happening. Bioshock would be lovely if it wasn't for the riots or splices." Yeah, it'd be a nice place to have like a New Year's Eve party. Yeah, up to a point. Yeah, but it's also like there's definitely like places definitely kind of racist. I guess Colombia is more definitely kind of yeah. racist than Rapture was, but yeah, Rapture uh, was more classist, I think. Classist. That's right. Yeah. Um, is there thing. a, so where, is there a, if you could have a night out somewhere? A night out? Like a, a, 
in like a, 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 a or even just like a video game bar. Like I drink it like the bar from Catherine. Hmm. I think Rapture would have been really, really stuffy. All those people crammed in like sealed underwater glass domes. That the humidity yeah. must have been insane. Yeah, and you'd be breathing in the recycled air, like Yeah, you'd go down there be like, you know, opening a door to a greenhouse. Yeah. Ooh, I never thought about that. Oh We're man. Going, yeah. <sighs> just real humid. Jesus just Christ. like some, have some big Orlando energy to it. And I don't know much about how, you know, mutation works, but I imagine it's probably not good for the body temperature. No, can't be that can't be good at all. Probably you feel a bit feverish after you've, you know, grown superpowers out of your arm you've injected yourself with plasmids mm. i feel like yeah we're very claustrophobic live yeah yeah you would you would need to be like the specific kind of person who could like live aboard a submarine for for x amount of months or go to space and, and you know how small a yeah. space station is for a certain amount of time just if you generally see some appeal in living in a nuclear bunker for the rest of your life yeah <laughs> hey to each their own Andrew Hickenbottom gives five British pounds and says, I once chose the route of a US Route 66 road trip I did based on nice places in American Truck Simulator, then compared photos to the game when I got home. Oh, that's nice. I like that. I do quite like those truck simulators. It's just nice to be on the open road for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's all the good parts of a cross-country trip without the, like, stress that can come from it. Hmm. The stress of... I know people were... Really backing into things with your massive truck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I know people were... Uh, I, I, I didn't enjoy playing it, but I liked uh, uh, watching videos about uh, Flight Simulator, the most recent one, mm. and how like wildly accurate that game was, and how people were... You know, you could fly over your house, and you could see your house in the game if you lived in certain cities. It's a little bit unnerving, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... They, well. Yeah, they didn't... Uh, yeah, it is, I guess it is. It's a little bit strange. Can you fly a plane into your own house while cackling? Yeah, the crashes in the game are, are very not exciting, which is probably good. Making crashes well, exciting yeah, would probably guess, be a bad move on their part. Yeah, probably didn't want to play yeah. into that. Yeah. Uh, Zek Rule gives five US dollars and says, Nothing summons me into being social like mentioning an old MMORPG I loved playing. I can attest to Asheron's Call Worlds being massive yet populated. Okay. Yeah, it's... It's funny, yeah, Ashron's Call is one of those games that I just, I remember its name, but I don't remember anything about it. Like, I don't remember uh, if it was pre-WoW or... Every time I try to picture it in my head, I just picture EverQuest. Yeah, that's kind of how I picture all those MMOs before yeah. before just, WoW. Yeah, 1999. I just picture that elf chick on the front of the EverQuest box with the big Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's kind of wild that EverQuest, like, they haven't gone back to that even as, like, a, just as the IP. Like, make an EverQuest single-player game. That guy, you know, gave us five US dollars and says, I'd pick almost any dating sim. I'd either be dating hotties, pursued by someone who can pull multiple people at a time, or faceless background extra. You know, living that sort of harem lifestyle feels terribly exhausting, if you ask me. Yeah, if you watch any of those anime, like those those characters, like it's, it's heavy lies the head that wears the, the harem crown. Yeah, I have enough trouble keeping one family happy. <laughs> so I never particularly wanted a threesome, because, you know... I barely know what to do with just one of them. Yeah, it's hard It's hard enough to have a onesome. Yeah. Scavenger gives $5 again and says, if I didn't have to worry about plot, locations from Tomb Raider are gorgeous or Akihabara from A Keeper's Trip. 
and if I won't glitch, Night City. I do think yeah. I remember Night City having a pretty good sense of place. I remember specific yeah. moments where I'd just completed a mission and I'd be on the side of the road like the middle of the night, and there'd be like some gangs having a fight across the way, and uh, just like the occasional car driving past on a big lonely highway. Yeah, I remember thinking this reminds me of like trying to get home at like. After I've had a few drinks late at night when I used to live in yeah. Brisbane City Centre. Yeah, yeah. Trying not to make eye contact with anyone scary looking. Yeah. And I feel like after enough drinks, like the, the real world begins to glitch a little bit. So that, that checks out. Hmm. Just refreshing the Super Chats page. I still have my original okay. one open, so I'll be able to I'll be able to jump in with those hot hot. Oh shit! It refreshed for me. Did you refresh my page as well? Uh, I didn't see how I could have. That would have been incredible if you did that, though. Oh no, I'm good. Uh, Casey Jones gives five US dollars and says, "I'd want to go to the Spyro the Dragon universe, but just the reignited trilogy because it's beautiful and chock full of dilfy dragon men." Dilfy well, dragon men. Well, that was a bit of an overshare. I think there's something inherently really uh, quaint about 3D platform worlds. Like, I'd want to hang out in some of those Banjo-Kazooie worlds, or like Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. Uh, sure. Yeah, Glover. I'd want to hang out with that weird hand. Just, just hang like, out me and Glover all day. Just with like a real-world jumping ability, so you can actually go anywhere. Yeah. Just sit in the middle of a platform. And, yeah. And wait for rescue. Like a cat. Yeah, and usually, and they usually start off like somewhere relatively chill. And they don't get to scary till a couple levels in. So as long as you don't venture too far from where you are, like things will be fine. Oh, you want to live like on Delfino like... Island? Oh, Delfino right. Island from Sunshine seems really nice. You want to live on the first world in a 3D Mario game? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, that guy, you know, gives two US dollars and says Silent Hill: either self-improve or die trying. <laughs> That's I like that. That's like hard mode, hard yeah. mode tourism. Yeah. I think people sort of missed the point of Silent Hill when they started becoming, you know, like a therapy town where you go there yeah. if you've got problems and the town confronts you with your problems and you then you get over them and leave. Mm -hmm. That feels like, you know, missing the point of, you know, you know, horror toying with someone and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it definitely feels like later Silent Hills by and large missed the point. But I can see um, the appeal of going to like an off-season resort when it's all foggy and you get to sit by the water and there's nobody around. Yeah. yeah. A nice like writer's retreat, you know? Yeah. What if you got an Airbnb and it was just the, the PT house? has those nice hallways? Well, Crying I'd babies. Um, get lost looking for the kitchen, I suppose. That's true. Hey, I want to make a lunch. <laughs> I want to make a sandwich. <laughs> No, there was. I don't remember a kitchen in PT. It was just that yeah. one hallway in a bathroom. Yeah, in a little. Uh, it had like the second floor that the scary lady would would look over you yeah. at. Don't know where you'd yeah, sleep second either. thought. Maybe I, maybe I don't want to go there. Well, yeah, you'd get jump scared and killed. I and I'm very easily startled, so that would that would not go well. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Carr Mitchell gives five US dollars to say, what type of main character do you think is best for a story? Blank slate like Gordon Freeman or a character with personality like Geralt? Well, I mean, I, th oh. I think it definitely depends, right? Yeah. Well, that's the cop-out answer, I suppose, but I think it does depend on what sort of story you're trying to tell. If it's a story about a person, like Silent Hill 2, then yeah, character with personality. Mm -hmm. But if it's a story about a world... 
and uh, exploring it and such. Like uh, more the first Half-Life than the second Half-Life, thinking about it. Yeah. So it's more about exploring the location that was Black Mesa Research Facility. Yeah. There's also like a, almost like a middle ground where, I think like the Persona games are kind of a middle ground where uh, like uh, you and, and Ren or Akira in 5, uh, they don't speak, but the character is kind of defined by your actions. Yeah. It, I guess they sort of, well, they speak, but in an implied sort of way. Like you never actually yeah. hear them say specific things. It just says, you had a lengthy conversation with such and such character. And they go, boy, that was a very interesting conversation we just had. Thank you very yeah. much. It's like the, the old <laughs> gag with Morn from Deep Space Nine, where he never spoke on camera, but everyone talked about him like he was really talkative and sociable and everyone loved hanging out with him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like, it, it's not like Gordon Freeman going on a date where it's like, well, how did, like... He didn't say anything. Like, why did Alex possibly have any feelings for this guy? I remember there were a couple of, like, official Half-Life games. I think in Blue Shift, it was implied your character was talking, but you didn't hear them. Like, there was one character who said, um, how did you know where to find me? Then long pause. Oh, I see. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting creative choice, I guess. I guess we were just mumbling all the time. Yeah. Uh, Zakruel with a uh, bonus uh, member comment. Been a member for five months. Uh, thank you so much, Zakruel. Says, uh, people are so likely to die in most video game settings. Give me something tame like Nintendogs or another animal version of it. I would... I, I think I mentioned it uh, I mentioned it before. Uh, I would die and I'm allergic to dogs. So Nintendogs would be like my literal hell. Um, I, would, I would rather like go to Yarnum from Bloodborne. I would probably survive longer there. Did they ever consider putting Nintendogs in Smash Brothers? Uh, they have uh, Nintendogs as a summon in Smash Brothers. Like a big oh, Nintendo, right. a Nintendog like starts pawing at the screen, and and like you can't see what's going on. Ah, right. Because they got in uh, the latest one, they've got cameos from absolutely bloody everyone. Yeah, I was about to say at a certain point, like they've sort of tapped every single well dry Nintendo history. Yeah. Was Nintendogs the original Pet the Dog game? I remember there was a, like a CD-ROM game on PC that was called Dogs, where you had like <laughs> yeah. a pseudo 3D dog that walked around your desktop and you could like stroke your mouse cursor over it. Okay. You know, before that yeah. sort of thing got sinister when stuff like Bonsai Buddy was introduced. Yeah. But I want to yeah, say... Yeah, there was like those goes, pet simulators. Well, virtual pet or like virtual uh, life sim games go back to... I want to say little computer people on the Commodore 64, where you just had a just had a little dude walking around a house, yeah. living his own life, and you like played cards with him and watched him yeah. go to the bathroom and shit. Yeah. And then it peaked with Seaman, where you had your strange little fish, your fish man that you spoke to. That was an odd game. It was a very odd game. I don't. The fish surprised, had a human face. Surprised it didn't. It wasn't the hot app for the Dreamcast. Yeah, I think just like a lot of things in Dreamcast, it was just uh, it was just too early. Shenmue was too early to make a boring game. People love yeah. boring games now. Yeah, give it sort of giving it some time. Yeah. Uh, J Pando twenty seven gives five dollars and says, "I know it seems tried, but I'd have to go with GTA five. There's just so much going on. Or you could just move to Southern California. Yeah, Los Angeles. That's yeah, that's pretty much Los Santos, basically. Yeah." Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd rather hang out in, in Red Dead. 
Except I'm probably also allergic to horses, so maybe I don't want to hang out Red Dead. Man, no wonder you never leave the house. Exactly. So this pandemic thing turned out to be a big win for me. <laughs> Gabe's logic uh, gives five... Sorry. Oh, no. no wait, we just had a couple that... Do you want me to go through really quick? The, yeah, the yeah. two members? Okay, Flip the Buzzard. Been a member for five months using their comment to say, feels like I've been here all my life. Okay. Well, it's been an excellent five months. And then Griffa, been a member for 18 months. Holy moly, thank you so much. Says, as a fellow Bluey enjoyer, can recommend the OST. It's got a pretty good title theme. I'd be allergic to the bluey, the bluey dogs as well. Just well, awful, awful existence. Well, they're cartoon dogs. So. Do they have cartoon dander though? I don't know if I'm allergic to animated dander. I don't know. I'll ask my, I'll ask my doctor. Yeah, bluey made me nostalgic for Brisbane the way Ghostwire made you nostalgic for Tokyo. I in Tokyo, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Gabe's Logic gives $5 and says, Stardew Valley, a strange relative dies and leaves you a home, but with the twist of the spirits not haunting you, instead act as unpaid labour. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there a game along those lines? Where it was like Stardew Valley, but you were a gravekeeper? I think it was just called Gravekeeper, actually. Yeah, yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds very familiar. And I know there's, uh, the, the, this, the guy's next game that he announced is called Haunted Chocolatier. Yes, you play as like by, a chocolatier the, for ghosts. That's by the Stardew Valley guy. Yeah, was it Bored Ape, I think? Concerned Ape. Concerned Ape, Bored yes. Ape. <laughs> I know his real name, it's just gone out of my head all of a sudden. Uh, Concerned Ape. Damn it, I typed in Bored Ape. Why do I keep doing this? Uh, Eric Barone. That's the one. There you go. Yeah, Chrome Colossus said it as you said that. Oh, there you go. Uh, Ash gives two British pounds. Says favorite video game depiction of a real place. I don't know about favorite, but the first one that springs that I remember being kind of excited by was Castle Clinton in Deus Ex. Because um, sometime after I'd played Deus Ex, I actually went to New York and went to Castle Clinton, and I was like. <gasps> I've been here in video games. I think that's the first oh, time that's, that's ever happened. Oh, that's neat. Me. Yeah. Yeah, I had a it's it's uh I had a weird experience with both Watch Dogs games because I've lived in Chicago and San Francisco, so I had a theory that they were just purposely making games built around cities I've lived in. But then I never I've never lived in London, so my theory went out the window there. Um but uh, yeah, at, at first at first depiction those those were exciting. Um Honestly, I would mention some of the Tokyo, like the Japanese things we mentioned earlier. I think Yakuza, um, you know, uh, Persona 5. Uh, I think I wrote, I wrote a whole thing a year or two ago about how much I like those nights in Persona 5 where you can kind of just wander around like aimlessly and you don't really have plans. So you can go and play darts or you can go and to the batting cages or you can go have dinner with a pal. I like that. Uh, Cody450 gives five US dollars and says, even as an aquaphobic person, I'd love to explore the world of wind water. You mean wind waker, Mr. Typo? At least well, until... he's so, he was so scared of, he's so aquaphobic that they put wind water. At least until Link kills me by changing the wind direction. Well, Link wouldn't do that. I, I feel like if you were in that world, you would have Link's powers, right? Or well, are you just like a... One person would and everyone else just wonders why the wind changes so much. Yeah, that has to be, like, in that respect, Link is a nuisance. Yeah. Like, that would be a horrible place to live in when you have, like, no, uh, 
Oh, the same thing. Like when you have the you have the song of rain and you could turn day to night. That must be mm. just terrifying. I think when Link's playing the song that changes day to night, it just sort of freezes him in stasis for like twelve hours. Everyone like walks by, giving him funny looks. He's like one of those like people at Fisherman's Wharf. That's like the robot that stands still and yeah. spooks people when they walk by. Yeah, like he, like he wakes up. There's just like a whole bunch of change around his feet. Yeah, <laughs> someone's drawn a cock on his forehead. I think uh, they should consult you for Breath of the Wild too, because I think those are some great ideas that could help uh, uh, push it over the Elden Ring edge. Hey, I've been consulted before by mainstream video games. See, I, there you I go. was consulted for cheeky gags for Watch Dogs Legion. Cheeky gags. Yeah. I'll I'll consult. I'm full of ideas for how to make video games good. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Hear that, Miyamoto? Yeah. Hit me up, lads. <laughs> uh, Kyle Griffiths gives five British pounds to say a bit basic, but I check out the Sea of Thieves. Untouched tropical islands, respawning barrels of food, free boat travel, and you can't properly die. Nick keeps saying we should, like, get a proper escapist uh, get-together to play that because he says I specifically would really like that game. Yeah, I feel like you would. There's a lot of really, uh, really entertaining emergent storytelling that comes from it. There is a bit of a learning curve, though. Because I so. like that sort of uh, concept of everyone having to, like, muck in to work a complex ship. And I yeah. also like nautical stuff. So do I. I like that game's art style. Like, I think it's a very simple but pretty depiction of, of the Caribbean. I think someone once pointed out to me that every, every single one of my favorite games somehow centers around a boat. Return of Strange. the Din, Spirit Spiritfarer... Wind Waker. Maybe that's just the secret. The secret to your heart is just throw a boat in the game. Silent Hill 2 has a pivotal boat scene in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you like the Assassin's Creed pirate game? The Black yeah, Flag? Yeah, yeah. I love Black yeah, Flag. So did I. I thought it was uh, an unexpected highlight in a series that was otherwise going very downhill very fast. Yeah, it's staggering to me that they didn't just spin that off and start making pirate games. Well, I guess they tried to make that Skull and Bones, which has been in development for like seven years. Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Chaos Chris gives $11 to say, for your coffers. Ah, Thank perfect. You, Chaos Chris. Just what we wanted. We've got great coffers. Spencer Trumbore gives five US dollars and says, this message is being sent through a time portal. Please do not sell <sighs> Super Chats in advance. Then it's just a queue of unrelated prepaid comments. <laughs> Damn, there's a big old time traveler argument unfolding in the chat. Yeah, this is this is incredible. Yeah, Even this is like it, guys, this is like Edison and, and Tesla. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Oh blimey, there's millions more now. After I refreshed again. <laughs> Miles Mann gives four ninety nine US to say, "Howdy, everyone. Hope you all have a great day. I think the Diddy Kong Racing World would be cool to be in." Okay, haven't played that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think any, like, Mario Kart, Diddy Kong Racing, I think that'd be fun to just ride around, assuming I can't die. Like, I'd go hang out in Rainbow Road, take a bunch of shrooms, go see what's going on in that place. Sounds oh, great. Yeah. Seems a bit overkill, yeah. taking shrooms yeah. and going to Rainbow Road. Yeah, that might, <laughs> it was a terrible decision. Yeah. yeah, you'd probably become one with the star child if you did that. <laughs> 
Mr. John Rayasha gave us five US dollars to say, I'd want to go visit one of the theme parks I designed in the classic roller coaster tycoon games. Just got to skip the death coasters. Yeah, that'd be nice too. And again, that's the putting your putting your thumbprint on a place. Um, yeah, being able to build a nice little theme park and go to it. Yeah, as long as you don't do the death coasters, that that's bad. Yeah, I mean, presumably you design if you're playing seriously, you design these places to be nice places to visit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, literally, Satan gives two British pounds <sighs> to say, "Oh my God, I can't stop farting. It hurts." Ah. Well, um, thanks for letting us know, literally, Satan. Let us know if we can call you an ambulance or something. Also, you should use those two pounds for, like, uh, Pepto or something. Or Or just a cork. Or just a cork? Yeah. The cork's going to shoot out. Well. (laughs) (laughs) You can um, use it as an improvised weapon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was, I, that's something that Kojima tried to do in Metal Gear Solid Five, but uh, was left on the uh, cutting room floor. Yeah, someone got to him in time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Nick commented in the chat that he's uh, watching the show live while driving back from Arkansas, and so that's he'd like to visit Nick. the lands between. He he, t- I said the exact same thing to him earlier, but he said his girlfriend's driving, so he's oh, he's well, passengering. And he says he'd go to the lands between. Lands between seems awful. Like every, every that yeah. that place seems like it would just be except if you take the elevator down to the to the Shifra River well that place is very pretty aside from everything that wants to kill you yeah uh, that's where I'm probably going to go next in my like private playthrough of yeah because I went and uh, joined that witch's faction and that wolf headed dude said he'd come and join me if I went to explore it yeah that wolf dude is great yeah big fan he of him. rubs me up the right way that wolf dude yeah. <laughs> rubs me up the right way. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. That's great. Yeah, I was still playing Elden Ring like an hour a day, but I got a chance to play a fuckload of it over the weekend because uh, the wife took the kids to uh, her mother's holiday shack. Perfect. And I stayed home and watched the place, so I could. So I got like a little holiday in Bachelor Land for the weekend. There you go. That Moved the armchair in front of the TV and played Elden Ring solidly. That's a good life, right there. Uh, it was it was a nice little <laughs> revisit to those times. Although you know, I, it also reminded me that if I spend too much time by myself, I gradually go insane. Yeah, yeah. And they would just find your corpse, and like toffee would have like eaten you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where was I? Yeah. King and Commoner gives five US dollars to say, I had to think on it, but I think the world I'd want to visit is the GameCube game Skies of Arcadia. Who does want to sail around the sky ship? Well. Did you ever play that I one? Do, it was I also... do like ships, apparently. Yeah, I think you'd love it. It's like a sky, it's all the, all the, it's like pirate ships, but they're all floating in the sky. But that was, yeah, a Dreamcast RPG that had a sort of like director's cut for GameCube. Great game. I don't know why Sega doesn't go back to it. Hmm. Never played it. Yeah, I never, uh, Andrew Hickenbottom, I did not see a ghost. I turned around because I was going to pull it off my shelf. So I have Skies of Arcadia Legend, but I couldn't find it on my shelf. So oh, there you go. I failed. Oh, excuse me. Cody450 gives $2 to say, I'd also like the world of Dark Souls 3 before its downfall. Well, that's, you know, that's all the Souls likes, isn't it? It's like rotting splendor. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always curious of like what what would these places look like like when were people happy here? Like was it was like 
Were people going on dates in Yarnum? Like, was well, there probably, probably not in the depths in Dark Souls? No, no. Very happy down there. No, none of the poison swamps. People, people weren't thrilled down there. No. But yeah, you know, Anor Londo probably had some good nightlife. Yeah, yeah. Go down. Yeah, there's places like the the big rave in front of the giant painting. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Just don't take shrooms and enter the painting. That's that's bad. Yeah, bad combo. Uh, Let's see. Sorry. Oh, I was. Oh, Andrew Hickenbottom with a member comment. I've been a member for 23 months. Holy moly, almost two years. Says uh, Ariute Village from Final Fantasy 12. Please, sexy tall bunnies. That okay. is a village that is home to the, the I can't remember what the race are called, but they are sexy tall bunnies. So yeah. Sounds a bit pandering. <laughs> but yes, Woodsy gives $5 to say, Camarocho from the Yakuza series is where I'd live. Get caught up in ridiculous crime mystery, beat up thugs, befriend Kiryu and Ichiban and crew, etc. <laughs> well, you do have to face the fact that people call you out in the middle of the street and want to beat you to a pulp everywhere you go. In those games, yeah, for no, for you'd have to. No reason. You'd have to just get good at fighting, I guess. Well, everyone is in the yeah. Yakuza games. If you can't, so maybe we would be good at fighting if we were there. Just if like inherently, if you're not a kung fu master, you're qualified for the disabled parking spaces in Camarote. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Uh, jpando27 gives $5 to say Red Dead Redemption would have been my second choice. I wouldn't want to live in the Arkham games, though. Probably wouldn't last five minutes. Yeah, those worlds are pretty brutal. Yeah, Gotham Gotham City, I don't know why anyone lives there. I don't, everyone should just move. Like, that's well, just move to, like, Chicago. Why does anyone live in New York? That's true, but, like, New York has some nice things, but, like, Gotham never seems nice. Just always seems bad. Maybe people can't leave because they're poor and can't move out. That is true. Maybe I should be more sympathetic to the residents of Gotham City. Also, they get Batman. They get to live in the city where Batman is, which has got to be a plus somehow. Yeah, that'd be like a neat humble brag, yeah. JPando27. Oh, I already did that one. Shin Megami Tensei Enjoyer gives five euros to say, since Soul Hackers 2 coming this summer, I recommend YouTube channel Marsh. He is doing summary of SMT game stroke gameplay, etc. Maybe you should check it. That's your channel, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> you big self-promoting asshole. Oh, you should check out this channel that a person I like runs. I've seen right through you. I am going to check it out, though, because I am excited for Soul Hackers 2, and I haven't played Soul Hackers 1, so it would be nice to have a have a um, refresher on it. So thank you, Shin Megami Tensei. Enjoy. Uh, General Krang gives five euros and says, would Yahtzee consider connecting with Gabriel Morton again for more Let's Drown Out episodes? I already do, like three live things a week piss that's, off yeah, that's the, 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 you're gonna get it's too much it's you, people are gonna get sick of you yeah you gotta leave them wanting more exactly well uh, and if they're not sick of me by now i don't want to chance my arm yeah <laughs> scavenger gives two us dollars to say just realized yahtzee's vacation is monkey island well i did honeymoon in hawaii i do like the uh, island destination vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to just yeah, and I feel like... Sit by the water and relax. I think a lot of... Speaking of Monkey Island, I think a lot of Tim Schafer games would be nice places to visit. Like, I'd visit the the summer camp from Psychonauts and 
if I had to go to one afterlife, it would be the Grim Fandango Land of the Dead, because that seems like a cool... Everyone's drinking there and smoking. That seems nice. Would you go to the Full Throttle world? Uh, yeah, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle, but I'd learn. You never really saw what was going on in the cities in that game. You was always no. what was going on like in like the back, the back country and on the highways. Yeah, yeah. Makes you wonder what sort of... Because, uh, like... Presumably it was some kind of sci-fi future, because everyone had hover cars and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Maybe it was like one of the... You get to the city, and it's just filled with maniac mansions. Maybe it was like what's going on in the uh, the Midwest of the cyberpunk universe. Yeah, is it still just like... Is St. Louis just still like St. Louis? Who knows? Uh, Lord Darius gives five euros to say, I'd live in an, in any anime game. I could become an MMA fighter and always win as long as I believed in my bonds with my friends. Could defeat mm -hmm. armies even. Oh, I know why yep. you really want to live in an anime game, Lord Darius. Is it's it waifus? The, it's the titties. <laughs> and the miniskirts. Lord Darius got called out. And the talking pets. Talking cats uh, would be nice. Yeah, the one token cute talking animal which mm -hmm. we can use to amuse ourselves once we're waiting to recover from the last time we mm -hmm. jerked off over a big pair of juicy tears. <laughs> God. <laughs> Vulcan Bard Moon gives $5 and says nothing. Strong, silent type. Incredible. Gatekeeper684 gives four ninety nine and says, Will Yahtzee play and or review Persona 4 Arena Ultimax? Hadn't planned to, Gatekeeper684. I'm not really a one-on-one -on -one fighting game kind of guy. They all it's seem also, so uh, very technical these days. Yeah, especially the Arc systems, the the developers behind it. It is a very, uh, very intense uh, fighter. It's also just the same thing as the game from eight years ago or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Scavenger gives two dollars and says obligatory DOA extreme beach volleyball mention. Well, again, I feel like it would be quite exhausting. I mean, if you jerked off over one juicy pair of tits, you'd feel guilty about not jerking off over all the other juicy pairs of tits. Gotta next, stop, stop calling them juicy. Next thing you know, you've <laughs> got to set up a booth and like a little please wait your turn ticket machine for all the juicy pairs of tits. You guys, you, you said it again. You gotta, you just said it again. Also, it just seems like that's just a beach. Where people are playing volleyball, like yeah, there's plenty of those. You, you can do anywhere. For yeah, volleyball. you could just you could just go there. Like if you only had if you only had one shot to go to a video game world, I feel like that would be a waste. Because you could just go to a very similar place in real life. Uh, uh, Water Hazard been a member for six months, using the early access comment to say, "I am here for the daily dose of toffee." Don't worry, we're close. We're yeah, close to toffee nearly time. done, and then toffee will come out and do his usual show-stopping turn. Uh, that guy you know gives five dollars and says Yahtzee loves nautical themed stories, but he has he watched One Piece? Not a chance, but he should, because there's a reason it's one of the big three. Now I haven't watched One Piece and don't intend to. I also haven't watched Naruto because I'm fucking thirty-seven. <laughs> One Piece is also a it's over a thousand episodes. That's too much. That's oh, too geez. many episodes. You don't need to do that many episodes. Oh, one more came in just at the end there. Justin Stoll gives $5 and says, What did Joel think of the Batman? 
Yahtzee, do you get to watch a lot of movies given playing games all the time? No, I barely watch any movies. I can't remember the last movie I watched was. I'm all about uh, the video games. If it's yeah, not video I'm games, gonna... it's video essays on YouTube. Don't really have the attention span for movies these days. Yeah, you have to you have to burn through a lot of a lot of games very quickly. So, oh, okay, I, uh, the jacket. Uh oh, toffee's coming. Uh, Justin, I saw the Batman and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I do not want to go to that version of Gotham City because it seems awful. Here he is. Well, it's just like San Francisco around the time the Zodiac Killer was active, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much, honestly. Which, in like. When you think about it, like your chances of being murdered by the Zodiac Killer were pretty slim. Like way oh, more true. people weren't murdered than were murdered. Still, it's, yeah, it was sort of a downer for everyone. Sure, but I bet the housing prices were better. Like I bet you could easily afford a nicer house. I guess, especially if you know the Riddler had murdered someone in it. Yeah, like, I'd live in like a, a a house that the Riddler like set up a trap and killed someone in prior. That's fine. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. probably a lot of conversation pieces there now. Exactly. Exactly. It's a nice icebreaker. And it's Scavenger's birthday today. Happy birthday, Scavenger. Happy birthday, Scavenger. We just can't get rid of you, can we? No. <laughs> Multiple comments every week. <laughs> oh, and JPanda27 just sneaks in $3 and says, here's $3 for my third ever post. Is it going to keep going up? Yeah. Like, is this going to be like a, oh my God. Jay Pando, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna ruin your life if you keep posting. Um, right. Well, let's wrap it up before any more super chats sneak in at the last moment. <clears throat> Thanks for watching, stroke listening to slightly something else. I was Yahtzee Crochet. I was joined by Marty Sleeper. Thank you so much for having me. Plenty more to tune into in the rest of the week. Tomorrow, of course, is Wednesday, so zero a new zero punctuation will be out and a new post EP stream. This week's will you, be on the subject. Can you tell folks of, what it is? Yes, it will be Babylon's Fall. Ooh. Which is a very I've bad game. I've heard that game is bad. Yeah, I've heard that game is very, very bad. You were by no means being misled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm, and I also I'm have excited. Ex I also have a new extra punctuation on Thursday. What have you got mm. this week? What do we have going on? Uh, later today at 3 p.m., so like an uh, hour and 20 minutes from now, uh, Jesse and Casey will be back playing Damon X Machina for Hidden Gems. So check that I out. I don't at, know what that is off the top of my head. That was, like a, that was like an anime game for Switch that came out a few years ago. But like uh, It's like an RPG with me anime mech boys, I think. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. We can all find out together. And then uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Central, the regular spot, uh, Casey, Nick, and I will be back for Breakout. Um, also later tomorrow, you can check out uh, Casey's ZP, or Casey's just 3MR, sorry, for uh, Tunic, which is that uh, lovely little top-down Zelda, recursive Zelda-like that um, uh, is, is has been in the preview cycle for quite a long time, and it's finally coming out. So, um, fun, yeah. Fun, fun. Forward to sure. that one. Yeah plenty of shit to distract you from the ongoing third world war <laughs> God. we almost got out of this without talking about world war three oh well sorry to uh remind everyone of that at the last moment <laughs> bye now everyone 
Bye, everyone. See Thanks for hanging tomorrow. out. Bye.